Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Movie Press for February 7th, 2020. This is the weekend before the Oscars. We can finally stop talking about award season for a while. I'm looking forward to doing this. Um, Dimitri's going to play some music for us uh, while I'm doing the intro. Ad. It's actually it's actually an ad from uh, you know, from our live stream. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Good job, sir. You're welcome. Uh, so just just a quick rundown for today. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend the first half hour of this show talking about the movie news and things of that nature, and then we're going to spend the last half hour of this show talking about our Oscar predictions. Uh, so the big news yesterday, which is not really that big of news because a lot of people have been talking about this, and including the director of the first movie, uh, Knives Out 2 is officially a go at Lionsgate. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Dimitri, you were a huge fan and a supporter of this film. Absolutely. I think it was like either your number one or number two of last it's year. This and 1917 became my tie favorite movies of, of the year. Absolutely. And Knives Out, after coming out of Toronto, I was just literally blown away. Found it to be the most entertaining, most original movie of the year. Uh, performances, uh, w- w- whether you want to single them out um, or, or, or do them as a whole, like an ensemble. I just thought it worked, and Ryan Johnson's script writing was as smart and clever as any script, I think, that came out this year. So, yes, I love the movie. Yeah, I, I mean... My question is, what direction do you hope this sequel goes in? Because, um, just real quick for me, I kind of hope they just focus on the Daniel Craig character yes. and let all these characters go to the side. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really need more of these characters. Their story is complete for me. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to a different story. Yeah. What do you hope? Now, I, I guess something similar. Here's the deal. Who cares what I, you know, I mean, whatever Ryan Johnson has cooked up, will work for me. I'm fine. But I believe that his inspiration were the Agatha Christie novels and those whodunits that they used to make. So if they're using that character, uh, Daniel Craig's character, and he is the uh, Hercule Poirot. So instead of getting, so we get Knives Out, there are always different stories, much like Murder in the Orient Express, Death in the Nile. Always had the same detective, but you had a different mystery, different characters. You know, so that's the proper, well, that's what I would believe would be the proper way to go if you're going to be building a whodunit type of a franchise is you put that main character uh, into different mysteries with different characters. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an episodic, almost novel approach. Yeah. That seems to be the smartest thing to do. I mean, this whodunit and Knives Out, well, we know whodunit. It's done. Yeah. Move on. You know, he's, 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 he's a detective, so he'll have other, other cases. Yeah. I mean, my, my biggest concern, because I know there was this conversation happening where they were like, we're going to continue on with the family members in this movie. And I feel like, I don't know if I want that or need that. I, I agree. Because, like, you kind of got enough of every one of these characters. And if, like, let's say you give Tony Collette her own movie with Daniel Craig, it just, first of all, that means you have to come up with a story for every single one of the characters. Mm-hmm. 
And then you actually have to make that character be the focal point of the movie, right. which is what made Knives Out so great was the fact that it was all these different characters. Yeah. And they each had like 10 to 15 minutes to shine, and it didn't depend on them. No. And, and again, when you look at even even the most recent murder in the Orient Express, but there was in its heyday in the 70s and 80s, the Agatha Christie mysteries were popular amongst movie-going audiences. Uh, and you even had different people playing Hercule Poirot, right? Yeah. So when you look at those, Ten Little Indians, Murder on the Orient Express, The Mirror Cracked, uh, Death in the Nile, uh, those are all fine examples. And then movies like... Um, uh, uh, um, the Cheap Detective and or um, Murder by Death was spoofing those kind of movies. So I think Ryan Johnson, if, since he was so inspired by those, that's the that seems to be the right way to go. I'm done with those characters. Yeah. I don't... Every plot line... St- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline thread that they had i'm fine with they were done it was he he solved the mystery so he's gotta have he'll go on to the next family or to to the next corporation whatever it may be i think ryan johnson is smart enough and clever enough that he will again make it topical and he will bring in a whole new cast of colorful characters for us to be embroiled in this mystery. And that's why, you know, I think it's a great idea. Look, Lionsgate, ever since they got the franchise bug with Hunger Games and even Expendables and Saw. Twilight. uh, Yeah, well, they, they acquired that. But they've always, the F word became a big thing with that company. And they never really quite had the success that they had with Hunger Games series. They they tried with um, Divergent uh, with the Divergent series. They didn't even finish it, which is sad. Um, so now they have an opportunity. Knives Out way overperformed than they, than even they thought it was going to do. So it's like, well, let's do something else. But Ryan Johnson's always talked about it. And Daniel Craig. I mean, they become all yeah. seemingly buddies. And Daniel Craig's like, what am I? I'm think, done with Bond. I think, but for Daniel Craig, I think this is what he's, he's trying to step away from the dramatic actor role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, I did an interview with him for Knives Out with Jamie Lee Curtis. And, you know, one of the things that I said was, I would love to see you in more comedies. And he said, I would love to see myself in more comedies, too. Jamie Lee Curtis agreed. And therefore, you know, I think this is the right step for him. You know, he's so well known as a serious actor to kind of have fun with this. And I think the bigger challenge is what can Daniel Craig do to up the ante for the next sure. one? Like, what kind of obsession can he have? Can he have mm-hmm. a cake obsession? Like, what, what's going what's gonna to be the well, next you level? you got to carry over the donuts. <laughs> yes. But here's the deal, though, with Daniel Craig. Let's, yeah. Like, he is an actor. He's, like, a rare actor in that even while he was filming Bond, he had career outside of Bond. Yes. Right? Whether it be Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, 
um, he was also in the Steve Soderbergh movie. Oh yeah, Lucky um, Logan. Lo- yeah, which Logan Lucky. Which yeah, I, I always keep saying that name wrong, but it's okay. But people know what I'm talking about. He was so as Bang. He was so good as that character. That was for me the first time I've seen him in such a broad comedy comedic kind of role, and you see parts of that character into his new detective. Like you can almost like the accent and everything. But he's had a career. He's had a good career while doing Bond. And not many people, um, you know, Sean Connery became a little bit bigger than Bond. Roger Moore tried to do different things. Timothy Dalton, no. Uh, But he really has, he's really transcended. And that's what's amazing to me. So for him to say, I want to do something different, he and Ryan Johnson have that chemistry. Yeah. Make as many of them as they're successful. Make as many as you want. I mean, for Lionsgate, I'm sure that they're happy because now they get to have a more mature kind of franchise because this is not a teenage. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I agree. And I there agree. aren't that many of those. No. There, no. there really aren't. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. It's great. I, I can almost see it playing out like a just ongoing Columbo episodes. Exactly. That's kind of the hope that I hope we see with mm-hmm. this movie is that it just becomes another episode after another episode, but in a movie form, right? basically a, a, a 90 to two hour movie. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, I look forward to it. So long as though Ryan Johnson has to be involved. Yes. I think because that to me showcased what Ryan Johnson has always done in my opinion, best uh, is script. And he's really good with the story. Many people who may have hated Last Jedi, I didn't. But his other movies prior to Star Wars, he's just a very smart screenwriter. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to read through the comments here. Uh, Sky Patterson, you're right. I made a mistake in the opening. The Oscars is this weekend, well, not y- next y- weekend. Y- yeah, but yeah. it feels like it's next weekend because I feel like I've been living in this so long and it doesn't seem that close <laughs> so my apologies um in terms of knives out knives out and john wick were both big hits that is very true i i i think lionsgate is going to run john wick into the ground i, I mean they are just keep going and going i mean i know a lot of people like that last one but to me that just felt like filler like you really didn't get much new out of that movie no. that was like okay Here's a tie-in for the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... I, and it's been on cable, and I've rewatched, and I've had the same feeling rewatching it going, this movie did nothing. Like, I thought this movie was going to end. <laughs> and instead, basically, their, their, their cleverest writing point was for John Wick to basically say, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what the movie was. Yeah. He, he does a walkabout in the desert. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, really? That was your solution to this? I'm sorry. Okay, and now we're going to get another John, John oh, Wick. Yeah, I but mean. I agree with you. I think they're going to try to run it into the ground, and uh, I don't see it. We, we're <laughs> going to talk about Spiral. Well, that's, we could jump right into that since it's on the same uh, same thing. I mean, Spiral. Like I like this. In the Book of Saw. Like, there was a Book of Saw? There was, that, yeah. Really? In the Book of Saw. Yeah, it's like the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Uh, was, look, it just... I, I'm a huge Chris Rock fan. I yeah. think he's still a comedic genius, right? But the only detective I really liked him playing was when he was Butters in Lethal <laughs> Weapon 4. And he, but he was able to be a detective, but he also brought his comedic style. 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying this. <laughs> no, I, I'm. First of all, I'm watching this trailer, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, why? It seems like two different movies just from the trailer alone. You like got the first half of the trailer where it seems like it's going to be this buddy cop movie, and then it turns into like Saw, and you're kind of like, but why? Right. And then like when I'm, I'm telling you, when that line came up. Which from the book of Saw. The book of Saw. Uh, and I'm like, what book? Yeah. Where is this book? Are they gonna now have like they're gonna I was Are they gonna have like a Bible come out like and, and the guy Jigsaw wrote like a book? Here's I, how to kill people. I, like what, I was what I was at Lionsgate for pretty much all of the Saw movies and there was no book. None. <laughs> I, I can tell you for fact, there was yeah. never a book. Um you know, it has saw the has a great Hollywood story, which at some other point I can share. Yeah, but there was no book, never. No, there was there, there was no book, no Bible, um, and I don't get it, and I just don't get it. And I love how they also promote from executive producer, oh, yeah. Chris Rock. Okay. Right, like he's like, <laughs> like he's in the movie. I see his face. Why does he need that? On like, top of which. But, but it's not like he is Bradley Cooper. Right. Right? Where Bradley Cooper did have a lot. I mean, for, for, for A Star is Born. <laughs> yeah. Directed by, starring, produced by, written by, singing by. Like, there was a lot. If that movie tanked, that could have, like, torpedoed his career. Yeah. But it, and he's not even producer. He is executive producer, <laughs> Chris Rock. I'm like... Yeah, because he's been so successful in producing a ton of movies. Right. Look, I, it's again, I think Lionsgate is, they've been trying to revive the Saw franchise for a long time. I know they have. So, and they did it with, they, they did a, uh, a re-release of the original Saw on its like 10th anniversary. That went nowhere. Right. Then they made... Then, then they came up with the movie, I, th- I believe it was called Jigsaw, yep. thinking that, oh, people are going to go in droves, and they stayed away in droves. Yeah. I get the whole spiral thing. Book of Saw is silly, but you have to, I think for their next trailer, you really have to give a connection of the Saw puppet spiral. Like I kind of get the name, but I'm kind of, if you're from the Book of Saw, a spiral, unless... Unless like you're using one of those spiral cutters for vegetables, yeah, I don't know what the danger of spiral staircase. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm just. It was meh. Yeah, meh I was for me. completely. I'm far more looking and optimistic about Knives Out franchise. Yeah, me too. So going back to both of those, um, Yash is asking, who do we think some of the actors should be in Knives Out to? I oh, I don't know. I'm not good. Get get Keanu Reeves. He's already a Lionsgate <laughs> favorite. Um, you know, somebody somebody had written uh, actually a bunch of uh, characters like Charlize Theron, Angela Bassett, Bassett, Viola Davis. I don't know. I think that you can put together today a great ensemble cast. Um, Spider Man Kid could be fun. Um, uh, can't Tom think Holland. Of it. Tom yeah. Holland. Um, oh, uh, uh, Rocket Man. Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton would be great. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a whole cadre of of actors and actresses that you could put in. I think what they have to do is the same thing that they did with the first one, right? If they're going to do the ensemble, 
they have to get like two or three really, really well-known actors who are really popular today. Mm-hmm. And then they have to mix in some of the more classical actors who may be like at first glance, people are like, who's that? I don't really know who that is. Right. And then, of course, get some young young people who like mm-hmm. are just up and comers. Exa- uh, yeah, I agree. This you, is Jeff you, in the booth. Uh, yeah. The thing, you guys mentioned it, but Ryan Johnson's such a good writer that yeah. really you could slide any – talented up-and-comers into his films. He's not a star-driven writer-director. He's an ensemble script writer, screenwriter. So I love the chance to feature some new blood. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. And, and you're you're right on the head that he is, like, he's a strong writer and with the right talent who could interpret interpret his script yeah. and his words. That would be great. Um, didn't he also work with, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Brick. Brick guy. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. He would be perfect yeah. to put in the break. And, 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 like, honestly, Joseph Gordon-Levitt needs a comeback right now. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Like, he was on fire for a while. I think he took a break. And, but yeah. I also think he had a couple, like, boom, boom, boom. That they were, like, yeah. he kind of released a couple things which did not go yeah. as planned. But you're right. If you're going to set up an ensemble, you need names. Yeah. And even though, and like, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, the story's not about her. And it was great to see Chris Evans break out and do something else. So he's very, yeah. I think Ryan Johnson proved with Knives Out, and I think even with his other movies, he knows how to weave a story. Right. I, I, my biggest concern, you know, since we're talking about this, is the fact that I hope Lionsgate doesn't try to A-list the hell out of this. Mm-hmm. Which is my, you know, because then you kind of like if you put like a Viola Davis and I, I don't know, like other really big actors in this movie and like you kind of pin them against one another. Right. It, it kind of takes away from the magic of what made the first one. Agreed. You know, like Lakeith Stanfield, like no, not a lot of people really know him and he was mm-hmm. great in a smaller role. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at for this movie is that you can have, a you know, a two or three of those. But you need the smaller people who are more independent actors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you need the people that was going to step up to the plate and not have an ego. Yeah. And still perform. You know, Yash, I want to go back to uh, 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 go back to our comments regarding Spiral, Lionsgate. And I don't disagree. Lionsgate's trying to treat Chris Rock almost like a Jordan Peele. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but it's just the wrong kind of. Now we're getting the Spiral franchise. Yeah. It'll be very interesting going forward. Uh, Like we said, maybe we should move on. But Knives Out, all in for it. Uh, I just hope that Lionsgate should entrust Ryan Johnson. I agree. I agree. I mean, if if studios have not learned anything from the previous few Star Wars movies, as well as the uh, earlier days of DC Universe, this new uh, revamped version of that, yeah. Is that you don't meddle. Mm-hmm. You really you you're you, you f yourself by doing that. Absolutely. Because if you let if you hire a director to do his vision, let him do it whether it succeeds or not, mm-hmm. but at least you know you have the product that they right. set out to make. Absolutely. And if it doesn't work, then you don't work with that person again. Yep. But you can't meddle with what they're doing. No. Because then you have the release, the Snyder Cut thing, which has been going on for like three freaking years, I don't and know. I'm tired of hearing about it, no. even though I want to see it. I don't. But still, um, and and you know, Sky Patterson was also talking about the Spiral Saw 
uh, situation and was wondering if this should be the Saw reboot and the final film of the franchise to separate it from the Saw franchise. Well, I, you know, I, once we heard reboot, I didn't know that they, they hadn't mentioned that they were changing the name. Yeah. And now that you're going so far as changing the name, like, why are you doing a reboot? Like, I don't even know why they're even trying to connect. You know, it it reminds me of that Point Break remake from a couple of years ago where, like, they could have titled it something else. Right. And, like, probably more people would have seen it because they Mm could have said, oh, it's this movie. But instead they were like, it's a Point Break remake. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't. I don't. I don't. I think with Jigsaw pretty much ended saw so to yeah. speak i mean you know but the, again the silliness of calling this from the book of saw i know I kind of okay well, well so uh anyways talking about a franchise that has run out of gas uh is fast nine uh i mean first of all over three minute trailer yep and i just watched this and i just kept saying to myself what is going on what is going well, on? Why are these people back? Like, I'm like, why is John Cena in this? Yeah. Where's Where's Dwayne Johnson? Like, it's almost like they they knew that there was like this specific fan base that wouldn't see Hobbs and Shaw because of Han being killed. They were like, well, that franchise, we want to keep making more of those, so let's bring them back so we can sell more of them, and then people will actually see them now who didn't go see the first one because they were like, justice for Han. I I... I don't. This trailer did like nothing. I literally I, was like, "This looks like a clusterfuck." I watched the trailer. Number one, if you couldn't see from a hundred miles away, in your in your Gran Torino or, or, or Mustang, that there there were you know his brother. I was like, "Oh, and it's John Cena." So we're nine movies in, and now we're getting a character <laughs> that has never been mentioned <laughs> yeah. before. And all of a sudden, like that's that that to me is like when the writers. Have painted themselves into a corner and they had nothing else to go. And like, let's bring in a brother. And then, uh, and then we bring in the hind areas. <laughs> like, ah, okay, that's that's nice. And obviously, it, look, even though Santa doesn't even look anything like a Toretto, right? Uh, which I'm like, okay, he's got to be a half brother, right, <laughs> or something. There's a backstory. Like, I, I get, yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I get why hiring him. It, it, it look, it's no secret that The Rock had problems with Vin with, with Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um, that that had, that that had gone public. So the Hobbs and Shaw sequel, I actually, oh, yeah. not the sequel. I actually enjoyed the, Hobbs the spin-off. and Shaw. Yeah. The spinoff was a ton of fun. Yes, it was. that was it. It was way more fun than the last two Fast and Furious yes. movies. I get why The Rock probably said, you know what? I'll keep on doing Hobbs and Shaw because yep. I'm having a good time. And I you know, I like Jason Chemistry. Statham. Chemistry is great, but I don't want to work with this, this unprofessional these, This is what, what's missing from this new, new trailer so yeah. far is that all the chemistry, all the comedic relief is gone. Like well, I'm just watching it and it's just they're, they're going like – all right, what can we do with the car to make it more extreme than the last, like, five movies? Right. It's like, now we have it where it goes across, like, a freaking, uh, what is that, like, a freaking a chasm. cliff. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a, a chain yeah. connects to the car, and they swing across a freaking, oh, my God, a hill. Yeah. And I just watch it, well, and I'm like, but it the chemistry between the characters, I don't know if it's just the trailer, but everyone seems so phoned in. 
Yes. Like, no one seems like they're into it anymore. Yeah, they're now just like, just paycheck. Paycheck. Except for the two, except for the two, um, except for the for those two sub characters who've been in it, who've been in the franchise for a while, the tech guy. Oh yeah, and uh, they're like, the maybe Black we could get our own. Spin-off. Yeah, maybe we can get our own spinoff. I mean, those two are like always like they're pretty funny. Yeah, but you're right; it's it's really running out of gas, and you know they need to start thinking electric. Yeah. (laughs) Dad joke. Thank you. Dad joke. (laughs) Welcome to Meet the Movie Press Dad Edition. (laughs) Dad (laughs) joke. Um, That was funny. Damn it. (laughs) Speaking of another Universal trailer that we watched that just just dropped. Just dropped. uh, Is Invisible Man. Yes, Invisible Man. And... uh, I know you you're 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 still hopeful for this. I am. Why? I am. Okay, I'll tell you because we've we've talked about this before. I think that Universal tried with this dark what the hell universe. Yeah, dark universe thing and that just went kaput because the mummy stunk and <laughs> one of the reasons why is because we've had so many mummy movies and then you're doing another Dracula movie like we've done these core universal classic horror movies to death pardon the pun they have so much to mine for including creature from the black lagoon which we haven't done and the invisible man the invisible man is always a great dark character if you watch that universal classic right that character is already kind of crazy but once he becomes invisible one of the side effects is he really becomes crazy and loco and it becomes horrific. It's a really solid movie. It looks in this trailer as if they're making that character already kind of crazy, right? Yeah. And I felt that there were some good we talked like there there were shades of Hollow Man. Yes, very much in so. there. That's that's what I got the whole I mean, right. even the scene where they're like in the bed and like the, the covers get ripped off. I mean, I feel right. like that's ripped right out of Hollow Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I like Lee Winnell too as a director. Um, his his last movie, Upgrade, yeah, was a far better movie than I than I anticipated. Yes. Yes, and in part because of his direction. And I believe that we're we as an audience, as well as a movie fan, I don't mind if they're mining these 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 other classic Universal horror movies. They should be mining them i don't need to see another frankenstein movie but i would love to see invisible man i would love to see a creature from the black lagoon these are really that's why they're universal classics so with invisible man and lee one l it looks like it has a really great style to it um i like the lead actress and i think it's really awesome and i mean no offense here regarding um uh, uh, what, what, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Moss, right? Yeah. You know, she is not the typical model esque actor. No, She's a I very what, everyday woman. That's what I think makes her so great. Yes. And I love that we're making an everyday woman character, actress, be in this. I think it's going to be highly relatable, but I also enjoy the fact that, again, it's going to be somewhat woman centric. Mm hmm. All of these, right now, for me, that's what the movie has going for. Uh, we'll see. I know that the, I believe they played it in Australia. 
already. already? Yeah, this, there this, was there was a they 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 tested this it, the last it, like week or two. And if I remember, if if I read correctly, response seemed to be relatively positive. positive. Yeah. So, I, you know, I I'm, I'm, I love the genre of horror. I'm looking forward to it. I thought the trailer was was I thought it was decent enough to pique my curiosity. Although I did feel the same with you, very Hollow Man ish. But I just hope that they go with the craziness of what the Invisible Man becomes. I just think, so for me, um, it relies too heavily on jump scares. Mm. That's kind of the vibe I got from the trailer. And I also don't like when I watch a movie, even though I know this is a remake and we've seen different versions of this, where I think about the other movies. Right. So again, I'm judging something off like a two-minute trailer. I will see this movie. I do think that between the two Blumhouse movies that are coming out just this month alone, between right. Fantasy Island and this one, uh, Invisible Man, I think Invisible Man is definitely going to do better. Yeah. I think Fantasy Island almost looks to be in trouble. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know. It's, this, it's very quiet. comes out next week. Yeah. I feel like there's very like little word of mouth about it. I feel like there's not that much marketing behind it. Yeah. This one, Universal. I mean, and let's be honest. I love my, my, my friends over at Universal. You know, they're probably going to knock it out of the park on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But, like, they need a hit. They do. They need a hit. Because they, they have gotten bomb after bomb after bomb with one movie kind of, like, helping them. But, geez, the rest of them are just been, like, tanking, mm-hmm. tanking, tanking. Yeah, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been great thus far. And they do. And, and, I, and I do kind of agree with you regarding Invisible Man and Fantasy Island. I was really up on Fantasy Island. But, <clears throat> you know, when you, if you're asking people, when's the movie coming out? And they're like, what? It, the awareness really, I think, tanked. Yeah. Where Invisible Man, they made a really big deal of hiring Lee Wan Al, and a lot of people were happy about that because a lot of people, albeit um, Upgrade was not a box office like huge success, no. but people did respect and appreciate Wan Al's direction, and it was from that that they're like, well, we're going to give you Invisible Man. We want to... And it all comes full circle because he was also part of Saw. He Well, he was... He and James Bond yeah. were, yeah. yeah, they were the they, they were the creators. There's a that. lot of there's a lot of people right now, and this is this is the interesting state of horror movies that we're in right now. Is that they, I feel like there's a lot of really talented people mm-hmm. in in the field right now, right? And I'm curious to see who dukes it out mm-hmm. and winds up becoming big name. Like we we know that Jordan Peele is very soon going to have to branch away from horror so he just doesn't become known as the horror guy mm-hmm. and i'm wondering who within that realm is going to just really become like the king of horror well, well if we're gonna go into this topic just for a bit then yeah. i have to say my vote goes for uh, mike flanagan oh uh, yeah because wow. i just recently watched uh i just recently watched the director's cut of dr sleep and and this man is you know he's very close for me to call him like um, a, a, like a master, uh, put him up there with like the John Carpenters of the world. He knows how to frame a shot. And when you talk about jump scares, Doctor Sleep isn't a movie that relies on any of that. Right. It really does rely on atmosphere, on character, on content, and then its narrative to 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 build suspense. 
And the director's cut, it is out on Blu-ray right now. It's about three hours long. It is three hours long. But I, I enjoyed it even more than like when I saw it theatrically. We saw it together. Yeah. And man, he is such a brilliant horror director. And I had noticed him from that Ouija sequel, which I never thought there was ever going to be a sequel to Ouija, but he made it work. And he loves working with certain actors as well. To me, he's the one. Uh, James Wan will always, he is a master uh, and he's branched off, but he I, always comes I like back that. to Carter. See, that's, what I, that's my favorite thing about directors is that I like directors, even though they're good at it, one genre. I love when they step outside of it. I mean, like Shazam is another great example. You mm-hmm. have David who who basically did Lights Out and then he did Annabelle Creation again. Save that, fran- save that from Absolutely. that first terrible, awful movie. Did the second one. People loved it. And then he did Shazam, which was like a combination of like a superhero movie, a comedy, a horror movie. Like it was yeah. a blurring of genre yeah. and and I love that and I and I think that's what needs to be happening right now within this industry more. I think we need to stop, you know, I always talk about this but like stop putting people in boxes and just Absolutely. making them do one thing. Let them branch out, right. but I do agree with you if you had to talk to someone or look at someone's career in both TV as well oh, yeah. as film. Oh, yeah. He's he's probably up there in the top three. Brilliant, and 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 going back to the Carpenter reference, Carpenter clicks off all those boxes you mentioned. Yeah. So the man started off in horror. Yeah. But you know, then he did Big Trouble in Little China, Starman, which was a nominated movie. Yep. Right. I mean, who nobody ever thought that John Carpenter would have an Oscar nominated movie with the talent that he had in that. Um, so he branched out of horror. Did some different genres that weren't necessarily his the the, the wheelhouse that that made him popular. But you're right. Once these directors start doing different things, and we see that that you know, just because you're a great horror director, you know, it doesn't mean you're not a great storyteller. And you should be if you're going to be a good director. And look, if a director wants to continue to make horror because that's what they're comfortable and they do a great job at great i'll as long as your movies are good i'll continue to go see it so uh yeah it just goes yeah i i I think that somebody like a mike flanagan is just uh he gets it he gets how to set up a shot he knows what to focus on and he makes it look simple like his shots aren't really overcomplicated. and he in with dr sleep uh, uh, watching it again it's best horror movie of 2019 he is very Kubrick esque without being Kubrick. Yes, I would agree. And and he's so finite and detailed. And there were shots even on my TV. I'm going, yeah, wow, that was beautiful. And, and so he, uh, I think, Lei Wenal can get there. Uh, James Wan, obviously, uh, that Eggers, well, his so- his sophomore movie, <laughs> you know. But I think there is a oh, uh, I think there are some fine women out there. Um, the the Babadook. Oh, yes. Uh, Jennifer uh, Kent. Jennifer Kent. Which already, again, she's nice that she moved away from just doing a horror movie to like more of a revenge thriller. That was a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, really. Nightingale. That's yeah. a tough movie. I can never watch that movie again, but she's a she's a great Yeah, she's director. a force. Can't forget uh, Ari Aster, too, guys. Uh, no, nope. oh, yeah. Yep. 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 Please, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
you know, I, I think you chop your, your – oh, David Gordon Green, who comes from comedy. Oh, not only comedy. He comes from, from, like, really art house movies. Right. Like, art house movies, like, where, like, I sit for them and I almost fall asleep. And I'm like <laughs> – and he then, then he does Halloween, and you're kind of like, wow. Yeah, I love when people go out of yeah. their comfort zone. Well, John Krasinski? And, John, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot There's a lot of people. Um, we have to talk about two more things yes. real quick before we jump over to Oscar. the Oscars. But right. we, so we'll have to go through this really quickly. Okay. Um, we need to talk about, everyone's talking about this, of course, uh, Dr. Sleep. Uh, Dr. I wrote Dr. Sleep 2. Dr. Sleep 2, which <laughs> is not happening. Dr. Sleep 2 no, is not sadly. happening. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange Doctor 2. Doctor Strange 2 is happening. Is happening. <laughs> not with Scott Derrickson, which is very sad. If you remember a couple weeks ago when Simon broke the news, I did not know about this. I literally was like, what? And I was very sad for the rest of the show because I loved his vision. But Sam Raimi is now in discussion for this. Um, you know, he he's kind of like what started Marvel in a weird way with the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. 1 and 2 and then... The third one happened. Third one happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick take. What do you think? I can't wait. Really? You want him to do it? Yep, absolutely. I think it's <laughs> great for him. I think it's great for the franchise. Uh, you know, personally, I find that the first two Spider-Man movies are better than these for these two last – well, all the past Spider-Man movies since he left. Yeah. Um, and I think he's just the right kind of strange for Doctor Strange. Yeah. I think that his 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 directing vision and the techniques that he uses, while at times can be Hitchcock or, you know, he'll use stop motion, like he's not afraid to do these fun things. And I think Doctor Strange, since you're losing that original storyteller, you you still need that that character needs that kind of verve, and I think he's perfect, and he needs uh, a comeback. Yeah, I, I think he, as needs, a a comeback. he yeah. needs a comeback. Well, it's funny because Zeno Hour uh, with my joke of uh, Doctor Sleep too, uh, he basically <laughs> said that Marvel by Stephen King, and then we can get the crossover that we all wanted. Yes. yes. Doctor <laughs> Sleep. Doctor <laughs> Strange. Doctor Strange. Come sleeps together. Again. Yes. <laughs> That's not a dad joke. That was a funny joke, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, didn't get a I, I mean, for that. I'm honestly intrigued by this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been a producer on a lot of things recently. Uh, most recently, was it cr- a crawl? crawl? Yeah, crawl. Yeah, which against. people really liked. Also, don't uh, don't Didn't breathe. Right. Right. Yep. yep. So, like, there, he's been doing a lot of the same stuff, and it, it would be nice to see him get back in the director's chair, do a little bit of something unique with this franchise. Again, I just wonder if if Marvel will let him go outside of their formula. Well, I that's what I worry about. Like, it's kind of like wasn't you know part of the Derrickson stuff is that he wanted to make it darker and go a little bit push it a little further. And I feel like that's where the disagreement came, and they were kind of like, "Yeah, get the hell out of here." Yeah, I and mean, I they've had cre- they, they've had creative differences before. Yes, uh, and for the most part, it's you know, it's it's worked whether you wanted Edgar Wright to do Ant Man, right? Um, but it ended up in decent hands. Uh, not that I wouldn't mind to see Edgar Wright's vision uh, I as well, love right? To see that. Um, so here, I think with <laughs> Sam Raimi, it gives him a wonderful opportunity to make. 
I, I think it gives him a wonderful opportunity to get back with a big studio to b- do a big franchise picture, have his vision, but also collaborate with the Marvel people and really bring Doctor Strange into his next movie. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. What are you laughing at? I, I, I this, this comment by Yash, drag me through the MCU. Drag me through the <laughs> MCU. That's exactly what it is. That's what I feel like I've been dragged through at this point. That's a really uh, good movie, yeah. Drag Me to Hell. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. Again, yeah. solid. That's a solid Raimi the horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the last uh, topic I want to talk about before we go into the Oscar conversation is uh, your your thoughts on Birds of Prey. Oh, my thoughts get- on no, my thoughts on Birds of Prey are thus: it, it is the pure definition of controlled chaos. <laughs> I think, I think Kathy Yan, the director, yeah. uh, along with the screenwriter and her editor, I think that they put together a very Pulp Fiction esque time thing movie because this movie, current flashback asides. <laughs> In any other hands, this movie could have been a huge disaster, but I think that the narrative works the way that it's interwoven. It's very comic bookish. Um, the emancipation of the one, the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. Uh, I love the word emancipation because this movie is an emancipation from the male-driven superhero movie. Uh, I think that they have found their Deadpool in a sense, except we have these wonderful anti-heroines who uh, my only complaint of the movie is that they don't get together a lot sooner in the movie. Uh, like I wish that they showed up maybe 20 minutes sooner because their chemistry is great. Uh, Margot Robbie owns this character now. And I think Harley Quinn has become, she has emancipated herself. She is her own character. Uh, I had such a fun time. It was kinetic it was colorful there were times there was a fight that takes place in i guess it's like a fun house yeah that reminded me of a fight that would be in the batman television series like you see people duking it out in the foreground and then in the background you see like harley quinn and a trampoline <laughs> and going, what the hell is going but it was great fun i had a really really good time and i loved the cast and I do love the emancipation from the male-driven superhero movies where now we have these really super women who don't necessarily have superpowers. Right. Other than their determination. Their rage and anger. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love that about it. Me too. And and I love, you know, you know, some people the, the <clears throat> reviews for this have been pretty positive overall, mm-hmm. which which is great to see because I was really nervous that people and we're going to say what I'm going to say is that some of the comments that I heard when people were walking out of this movie, the movie was a mess. It's all over the place. Blah, 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 blah. It's done on purpose, people. It like is. It, it is, is 100% it, done on purpose because if you know anything about Harley Quinn as a character, she even pokes fun of it in there. I mean, she's like, oh, we didn't know about this. Let me go back right. in time and tell you. It, the movie opens up. You don't even have to watch Suicide Squad because they know it's not good. Like, they actually do a nice recap of mm-hmm. what happens yeah. and how Harley Quinn and the Joker got together. And if you know the character of Harley <laughs> Quinn, like, we, since we're seeing this story unfold through her eyes, yeah. her perspective, it's going through her fractured, crazy mind. Mm-hmm. So, hence, but this is what I meant. Like, the people who say that it's all over the place. You really not? I go. It it is, but it's all over the place in the way that Pulp Fiction was all over the place too. Uh, and I, and again, I don't. 
I'm making the comparison from a narrative time skipping kind of thing because that's what Birds of Prey does. And I think under anybody else's hands, the movie could have been a, com- a complete disaster. Yeah. It literally would have been like buckshot all over the place with no semblance of sense or narrative. But this movie actually does have a sense of narrative. And I did find when she would stop the movie and go, oh, but wait. I forgot. You need to be brought up to speed. Yes. This is why. And they would do it in such an entertaining way. And it came back to the current situation. I was like, okay, I, I'm in. I'm I'm not confused. Like, I get everything that's going on. That's why I love to call it organized chaos. Oh, it's 100%. And yeah. I mean, just if you can't appreciate some of the ridiculousness of this movie, <laughs> like the fact that there is a chase scene that... It, revolves around an egg sandwich like you have to appreciate someone at wb thank you wb and dc (laughs) film for like allowing that to actually happen because like that was ballsy and risky and weird and like something that does not belong in like a big studio movie like i could not believe it like i'm like Am I really watching this right now? It, and I'm like, I love this right now because of how stupid this is, but it, it's fun. But, and I wanted an egg sandwich. Oh, yeah. I was craving an egg sandwich. I was like, ah, damn, all the breakfast places are closed. I wanted that egg sandwich so bad. <laughs> it looked really good. And again, I think the cast was really good. But 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 kudos to, to Kathy Yan for, for her direction really gave it its color and its zip uh and that's what this movie is is all about it's very rated r but that's great oh and let's talk about since we talked about dr sleep ewan mcgregor i think is having such a fantastic year. so much fun so much fun and again when you look at his performance in dr sleep and then you come where he's black mask (laughs) is this sionis character he is so over the top, but not necessarily over the top. He's so narcissistic. He finds he's the just, perfect balance, right? Like, because like he's kind of menacing at yes. times, but then he's like over the top, flamboyant at others. Yeah, he's brilliant. I don't know how movie. he found that perfect balance, he's, but he's so good at it. He's become like an actor <laughs> that the more I watch, again, he's so won me over in Doctor Sleep and watching that again. There's a monologue he does; it's fantastic. But then I see him, and this was just completely different. But he's so much fun to watch. And again, it's further proof that your heroes or anti-heroes are only as good as your villain. And they really set up a great villain in him. He was yeah. just he was a super villain. Yeah. So, you know, that's if if that doesn't sell you on Birds of Prey, I don't know what will. You need to go see it. The movie, unfortunately, right now, the box office numbers from yesterday were not too hot. Uh, I think it was like about four million. I think I read Scott Mendelson's uh, tweet before I came in. Um, basically, looking at about a forty to fifty million dollar weekend, which is not that great for a movie like this. So please don't wait to see this movie. Seek it out. It's it's the same. You don't want it to suffer. And I'm only bringing this up because there's a connection. You don't want it to suffer from the same thing that happened to Bumblebee, where like you had a really great revamp of this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thanks to the same writer who wrote Birds of Prey. And then no one wound up seeing it, and then we no, we're not going to probably not going to see a Bumblebee too. Bumblebee did it did okay. it barely got yeah. past its budget. Yeah, there's no talks about yeah. another. They're talking about rebooting the entire freaking yeah, franchise. I don't even ridiculous. want to talk about it. Nope. But please go see Birds of Prey. Support DC in making movies that don't use a formula and try to be different. So Supreme Leader Scone quickly. You wonder yeah. if Birds of Prey will be this year's Joker? No. It's not. It's not. No. Birds of Prey is far more on an entertaining scale than it is very dramatic. 
but as far as just a movie going experience you'll have a you'll have a really fun time and you really i also appreciated the fact that margot robbie loves this character you can tell yes you can tell that she loves this character and she respects the character and she protects the character so i hope to see more of the birds of prey and i don't mind seeing harley quinn in it but i want to see these birds of prey characters like huntress and and uh montoya i mean these characters are so fun together once they got together that i that this was a setup for the sequel yes Absolutely. All right. So we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or the last 15 minutes talking about Oscar predictions. Uh, Dimitri, how we're going to do this is we're going to start from the bottom of this list over on the right-hand side. Visual effects. Uh, You can do visual effects. Then we'll we'll go in between who you want to win win and who you think is going to win. Okay. So visual effects, for me, uh, I'm going to go with... um, I believe 1917, just from the visual standpoint, where it was shot and and its effects. Personally, I would love to see uh, the rise of Skywalker for me. I actually think that Avengers Endgame has this on lockdown. You have it on lockdown. Yeah. And I actually, to be perfectly honest, it's the one I would want to see win too, which is weird for me to say because I'm not normally a big fan of those movies. Yep. All right, so for costume design, we have The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A couple months ago, I probably would have said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had this on lockdown. Uh Uh, It is not the case anymore. I am actually going to say that this one is going to go to Little Women. And um, in terms of ones that I would predict uh, who I would want to win this, I actually would say Jojo Rabbit out of all these characters. We're in agreement on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it'll go to Little Women. It's a period piece. The Academy loves that sort of stuff. I know. Yeah, okay. Um, Jojo Rabbit, uh, again, a period piece. But what I loved about Jojo Rabbit were the different costumes. Yeah. So you had the various Hitlers, but it was Sam Rockwell character who goes through this costume change that was just brilliant to me. Um, I I loved, you know, I love Jojo Rabbit as a movie, but I loved also little Jojo's costumes. I think the costumes play an important part of this, particularly shoes uh, for Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, That's the movie that in my heart I would love to win, but I think it's it's going to go Little Women. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. uh, Hair and makeup, go for it. Hair and makeup. Okay. I uh, Listen, I think of all of these, um, it, it's, it's, it's got to be – for me, it's, I, I want Joker. I want Joker to win, but Bombshell has uh, a really great chance for the makeup job and hair job they did on Charlie's. Yeah. I, I think Bombshell – I want Bombshell. <clears throat> I think Bombshell is going to win. I mean there's – no other movie on this list where, I mean, as much as I love Joker as a film, I just think Bombshell really made Charlize Theron disappear. I mean, I did not see Charlize Theron, and that, that says something. To me, though, it also says something about her performance. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a, it's a had, combo. It's a combo. Yeah, because, like, you know, you can take Gary Oldman, right? You know, he had the fat suit and everything. But if it wasn't Gary Oldman, you'd see the fat suit. 
Yeah. So if you had any other actress, you'd tell that it was a caricature. She was the only really Charlize Theron. She really was. She was fantastic. And she brought the hair and makeup to, to, to life, life where you believed it. I agree. So original song, we have the song from Toy Story 4. We mm. have the song from Rocket Man. We have the song from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. And then Stand Up for Harriet. Um, honestly, this is... How Glasgow is not in this category, just because I have to say that, um, is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, and that's the the one that should win. But since it's not even nominated, I'm going to go with the Rocket Man song, even though I don't think that's the strongest Ellen John song. I actually think it's a very weak Ellen John song. But really, Into the Unknown just does not do it for me. And uh, as much as I like Let It Go, Into the Unknown does not work for me. Uh, so I am going to go with I'm going, I'm going to Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I am going to go with I can't I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story 4 for both. I mean that's the one I okay. I don't know one. Okay. That movie emotionally hits me, that movie surprisingly emotionally hit me. <laughs> and yeah. So I'm going that for both. Okay, how about for score? All right. So for score uh here I just think that it should definitely go to Star Wars Rise of Skywalker because for what we know, this is potentially John Williams' last score. Uh, I have listened to this score multiple times, and what he does is he blends the classic, like the original trilogy score, and he still develops new suites, new themes. I just think if this is the way to go out. This is a really high note to go out on, uh, but I also wouldn't mind if 1917... Uh, gets it because that score is so haunting. And when you listen to the 1917 score outside of the movie, the visuals, it's very quiet. It is not a loud bombast. It's loud when it needs to be, but it is a perfect bed. And when scenes, suspense scenes get ratcheted up, like when they're in that 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 town, yeah. that shell town, and there's the escape, the run, like then the music really swells. Uh, wonderfully. So 1917 by Thomas Newman, who's done a lot of James Bond scores yeah. too. That that would be if you're not gonna give it to Rise and of Skywalker. Joker's getting it. Joker's probably. getting it. I and know Joker, the numbers and are I want that way. and I want Joker to get it. I really do. Uh for production design, we have Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Um if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins anything. I really have to give it to the production design team because like the way that they made old Hollywood, I I mean, it's just fantastic. You felt like you were in old Hollywood in seventies Hollywood. So I have to give it there as much as like Irishman tried. It's just like the normal backdrops of mob scenes, like blah, 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 blah. 1917, you know, whatever parasite, the house, it looks great. But like once upon a time, it's like actually transforming an entire city. And, yeah. and they had to do it to a 70s setting. Uh, so that's who I want, and that's who I actually think is going to win. Yeah, I think I don't disagree with you there, but it can't take away. Like, I really thought that 1917, the production design, and what you had to do and with the way that it was shot, but seeing not only confining it to trenches, and then when you open it up. when The wide scopes, house, yeah. Right? So, so that was beautiful. But Jojo Rabbit, too, in its production design, was really brilliant from – how they shot it within the streets, the apartment, things like that. But I agree. Once upon a time in Hollywood, 
to to change the current Hollywood and make it look back to that nineteen late sixties, very early seventies. That's yeah, a, that's a feat. Uh, how about for sound mixing? Uh, for me, I gotta go with what's nominated. I gotta go with Ford vs Ferrari. Me too. Uh, it wasn't one of my favorite movies of the year, but I can't. One thing that really stood out was the car racing, and it was it sounded amazing. Which would be weird because it's also nominated for sound editing, and I don't know which of the two it's going to win for. Because, like, you know, like, it's weird, right? Like, at the Academy, even though you feel like those two things kind of go hand in hand, right? they're always like, one will win something, and another movie will win the other. And for the sound editing, I get 1917 for me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I guess I could see that. It's, yeah, the way, again... But I feel like the editing and, I mean... The sound editing in terms of Ford versus Ferrari, where the shots of like coming around the side, oh, and like yeah, I mean, listen. it's just I don't, I don't know. But to me, that's a part of, that that's part of the mix. Yeah. But is you know again when if you saw if you watched Ford versus Ferrari in a great theater, then the sound mix was great. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Uh, for how about for film editing? Film okay, so film editing definitely going to go uh, with what's here. Uh, I'm going to go with Joker, but. Um, to me, this is probably the biggest snub of the, the awards. Uh, Lee Smith was not nominated oh, for 1917. 100%. He's who in my heart <laughs> should win, yeah, but he's not yeah. there. And I don't understand because just because you feel that the movie is one fluid motion, it is not. Yeah. And it took so much time and he's been out there and they talked about what it took to, to him to work with Mendez and Deacons to make sure everything matched and how he put it together and picking the scenes. Big snub. He's who I'd want to win, but with who's there, I'm going with Joker. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to say Parasite. Uh, and I love that the Irishman is nominated for its lack of editing. That's all I will say about that. Fair. Uh, best foreign language film, let's just say it, Parasite. Parasite. There we go. We don't need to talk about anything nope. else in that category. Nope. Um, these are unfortunately the, the categories that I will admit that I, I fall very badly on is the short film categories. I have not seen any of these. I will be fully transparent about that. Uh, best live Pretty action much, yeah. short. Give your, give your throw out. Of who you think is going to win, just based on the title, Dimitri. <laughs> Best live action short. I'm going to go with um, uh, the neighbor's widow. Okay. Window, window. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a sister. All right. Sure. And then best documentary short feature. Same thing. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, walk, run, cha cha. I'm going to go with learning a skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, sounds sounds good. Yes. Very timely, very timely. Yeah. Uh, best documentary feature, uh, I think American Factory has this uh, pretty good, but I also think for Sama might win because it seems like that's picking up a lot of momentum lately. That edge of democracy, too. Yeah? Yeah. I, I th- it, For me, it is between American Factory uh, and edge of democracy today, but... If you had to pick one, which one you think? Which which one are you going to go with? American Factory. Okay, I'm going to go with American Factory too. All right, cinematography, no brainer here. Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. All right, no brainer, and that's for both. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's me too. Uh, original screenplay. For me, it's for me, it's an it's easy. It's Knives Out. 
I mean, that really was the most original screenplay. Look, say what you will about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That movie meanders a lot. <laughs> and it just meanders. And like the first half, albeit there are great scenes and they're greatly written scenes, but they are scenes that are missed real time driving from Burbank to Chatsworth <laughs> and Dirty Feet. And I just now, Knives Out is really. Sharp. It's no sharp. pun intended. Yeah, it is it's a sharp, sharp, funny, intelligent, and it's very. Clever. I, I, you know, I, I want Knives Out to win. It's not in the cards. Parasite's going to win. Parasite, you think it's going to win over Quentin Tarantino? Yes, because the numbers seem to be pointing Quentin's way. But we'll I'm see. actually going to call. Yeah, um, go ahead, Little Women, on this for the optics of Greta winning something. Oh, really? Oh wait, we're talking. No, no, right you're on the wrong one. Sorry, we're, sorry, we're sorry, going sorry, there now. Sorry, sorry, we're sorry. going there right now. As, we, as Jeff jumps ahead to adapt <laughs> the screenplay, bad producer awesome. moment. Bad you know what? Moment. No, I agree with you on that too. I think that I think Little Women's going to win that category, and and it's the le- to me, it's the least qualified movie in that in that category. Oh, I I agree. Because I, I want uh, of those, uh, I go for me, I'm go going with Jojo Rabbit for me. Okay. You might go for Joker. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. If I had to t- pick my order, it would be Joker, Two Popes, Jojo Rabbit, Irishman, and Last Little Woman. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just but I, I, little women. It might go win. little women. Little yep. women's mm-hmm. gonna win. Yeah, Jeff, I think you're right on on on, on the. And, I mean, although Jojo Rabbit has been the underdog lately, it it has he's been Taika has been has been killing it lately. I, I see that he made that joke at our award ceremony. This it is going to be the only time I'm going to be up on right. stage and like no shit. He's like constantly been building, building, yeah. building for that exact same award. Yeah, and and I've actually been loving the billboard campaign for Jojo Rabbit here within LA. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, you probably don't see it, but there's this black and white billboard that has Taika, um, uh, Tomlinson. Yeah. Johansson and and the little boy uh, whose name I forget Roman Roman and they're all just doing the peace yeah. thing, and it's I was driving up here today and I saw it I said that's a beautiful like I would love to get that and have each one sign it yeah. there it's a it's really nice it's a nice piece it's a really, it's a really nice, nice artfully done billboard and Jojo Rabbit is big enough so that you at least see what it's advertising but it doesn't take away from the aesthetic yeah so. Uh, animated short I want uh, I want and I hope that uh, Hair Love Hair Love yeah agreed yeah I think that's I don't know for animated short I think that's very important there's a there's a lot of themes explored in that that Mm -hmm. I think is very timely and relevant but also not 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 timely and relevant but ultimately about a culture that most people are not aware of right so I think that's important to to kind of highlight that um Animated feature. I think we we are you going Toy Story four? Okay, I'm going Toy Story four, and the other one for me would be How to Train Your Dragon. But Toy Story uh, four but, but is going to win. Toy Story for me is going to win. Yeah. yeah, I think Toy I Story predict 4. Toy, 4, Toy Story four. Yeah, I mean, I, although there's a lot of buzz recently that Claus is going to uh, come through, but I yeah, don't think yeah, so. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, all right, so moving into the the big ones now. All right, so director, where do you fall on this? Mendez, nineteen seventeen, and then right. after him, um, you know, I mean, it could go Bon Joon Ho for Parasite, and then Todd Phillips the Joker. But for me, it's Sam Mendez. I am so torn on this it's because because this is where 
the 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 conversation begins where it's like who who probably wins director will not win best picture uh is usually the conversation that a lot of people have this time of year i'm actually going to say that bong joon ho is actually going to take this for parasite even though i want sam mendes to win this category you think the, the, yeah? I, I mean, think it's Bong's gonna get. It's very possible, extraordinarily possible. Uh, supporting actress, this category, the person who's gonna win this category, and everyone's like already has her winning in this category is Laura Dern. Yeah. I, I and and this is someone who is not a fanboy, but I I honestly would love to see Scarlett Johansson win this category. Yeah, I actually think it was her best role in Jojo Rabbit, but I also don't want to take away from Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell. Uh, you know, I only wish, my only disappointment is that not enough people saw her performance or anybody's performance in that movie. <laughs> Especially Academy of Voters. Yeah, uh, and, and to me that's extraordinarily sad. Uh, but I thought that Scarlett Johansson, again, another actress, when you're trying to break away from Black Widow and this Marvel Universe, you know, she's... She was into these yeah. solid movies. So Jojo Rabbit, uh, which gets my full support because it's theatrical. I can't take away from her performance from Netflix's Marriage Story either. But she really shows her chops in both of those movies. And that's what I always love act to see actors do. I like to see them like Chris Evans and Knives Out, right? He ain't Captain America. Yeah. I like to see when they can really truly act. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if she were to win for Jojo. In fact, I'd want her to win because Marriage Story is a Netflix movie and, you know, my story. Yeah, I know your feelings yeah, on that. Yeah. Supporting actor, <clears throat> I mean, everyone's <throat> saying this, so I'm going to go with the popular vote and say that Brad Pitt's going to win. I don't understand this. I'll never understand it, why that is the front runner and why people are so enamored with that performance. Um, as much as I was kind of, I know there's no... Sh- fucking chance in hell that he's going to win it tom hanks but i i mean he's the only like the only thing the saving grace of that movie agreed and I, I i'm agree. so good in it but like nobody cares about that movie so i yeah i mean i am one of those lovers of of brad pitt's performance um again i just recently re-watched once upon a time in hollywood uh and Again, the things that I liked about the movie, I liked more. The things I disliked, I liked less. But the, one of the things that I liked was Brad Pitt. His performance in that movie was so very well nuanced, and he carried the swagger. And you don't necessarily picture Brad Pitt in that kind of a role when he can back up that swagger. But the scene when he is on the ranch and the conversation that he has with uh, Dakota Fanning between the screen door... Yeah, it's fantastic. And then the scene with Bruce Lee is great. And then the the scene at the end where he's high, and the people are breaking into his house, and he's like, "I know you." Like, I just thought he was fantastic. I, I mean, I think he's good in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I just like it's been coming out the last couple of months that like it's just him playing a version of himself. And like, I totally see that. I totally see that. But hey, you know, everyone loves Brad Pitt, so go ahead. He'll he'll win it. <laughs> he'll give another great speech, and and he everyone will be he's ha- a good speech, and everyone will be happy. Yeah. Uh, lead actress, um, I, I you know, I want, and it's never going to happen, but I want Charlize Theron to get this so badly. 
She's not going to. Renee Zellweger is going to get it. Yeah, and this bums me out because I recently just saw Judy, and for me it was a snoozer, and it was a television movie, and Renee Zellweger should get an Emmy. Yeah. That's it. Bottom line, <laughs> should give her an Emmy, but not an Oscar. You don't. You shouldn't be praising. Like even though it's a we we've all seen bad movies that have had good performances in it, right? But. Like, wouldn't you praise that good performance in a sense? You're also praising the movie that it comes from. Yeah. And she could have only elevated that movie. And Renee was fantastic. She hasn't been on screen in quite some time now, but she made a great transformation, but not as good as Charlize Theron's performance in Bombshell. And again, that's another movie that I had issues with, but not as many issues <laughs> as I had with <laughs> Judy. <laughs> um, so... You know, you and I have talked about Shorsha Ronan. I love Shorsha Ronan, but this role in Little Woman, she no. could have done it in her No sleep. one's going to give it to her. Like, you know, but uh, so, but yeah, I think they're going to go with Judy. I would have rather seen Charlize Theron because she had her cadence down. Yeah. Like her, it was, it really was a transformative performance, much like I thought Gary Oldman's was in Dark Hours. Yeah. And then lead actor, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix. It's yes. For Joker. Nobody else in this category can compete. No, it's the Joaquin numbers Phoenix. See, yeah. I, I mean, I, do, you, do you honestly think, though, that anyone else is better? No. I don't either. So no. there you not, go. Not in this, not in, the, like, the only, the, the closest, and again, this, this, this pains me to say, would be Adam Driver. Driver. Yeah. You know, and Adam Driver, I feel so bad because. He got nixed in Black Klansman, which I thought was one of his best performances. When you watch him in Marriage Story, yeah, it's fantastic. And regardless of what I think in Netflix, he gets nominated. He's just, again, people will think of him as Kylo Ren, but man, he's so much more. He's such a wonderful performer. I love watching him. Yeah, and if it was any other year, he would be... The front runner and would win. Could be, yeah, but and not, 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 not this year. Another Logan Lucky actor as well, yeah. and he was great. he was great in that movie. All right, are you uh, so for best picture? Are you going 1917? I'm going 1917. I'm With go- what's here, yes, yep. I'm going 1917. I'm trying to think if there's an upset, what what it would be? It would be Parasite for me. You think so? An, yeah. I think it's either gonna if it's an upset, it's either gonna be Parasite, and I'm actually gonna be ballsy and say this, but I think it's either gonna be Parasite or Joker for upset if there's an upset. You think Joker? See, I think the Academy might be too too. I I just think afraid that to give that. It depends on where they're going, because my God, how much like could you imagine the headlines the next day if Joker wins? Oh my God. Just the headlines. Yeah, And it's not like Parasite where in our film bubble where people are, like, talking about it. Like, everyone has seen Joker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone has seen Joker and knows what Joker is. Yeah. But I do think 1917 still. Yeah, I think 1917. And for me, yes, I love Joker. Um, I love Parasite. Give it best foreign. But, you know, I also... I I know I I like Jojo Rabbit a lot more than you did, and I'd seen Jojo Rabbit two three times and waiting for it to come out on Blu-ray. Uh, I don't know that movie just hit me. It, it was really nice, and then when you see Taika going out, it really made me appreciate the movie more because he's a solid, entertaining gent, <laughs> and he reminds me kind of of like a Paul Feig, where. He loves his craft. He loves doing this craft, but he still maintains that he's a nice guy and he's entertaining. He too gives great speeches. Yeah. Um, and you want and you want to support that, 
in this business. You, I hope that he never loses his his verve, his animation, because he's fantastic. And Jeff, I would like to, since we're closing out the show, I would like to actually go out uh, in silence, please, to remember uh, Kirk Douglas, please. Yes, Kirk Douglas. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Take a moment of your time right now as we close out the show to remember the great work of Kirk Douglas. Thank you very much. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.